Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Catching Feelings Podcast. I feel like I'm whispering. Yeah, you are. First off, I want to say congratulations on a great first full season, Micah. Thank you, Nikki. But before we get into that, I want to talk about my day today. Okay, so today we went to, well, we stayed a lot. So we woke up, we went to driveline, you hit, and then I, while you're hitting, I got some work done. I took a med chem quiz. And then after that, we drove all the way to Snohomish, Washington to go to a pumpkin patch. Yeah, we had a pretty eventful day. Yeah, what was your favorite thing at the pumpkin patch? Um, I really enjoyed the duck race. Okay, I... And the games. Okay, I liked the games too, even though I was really bad at them. And we had apple cider donuts. I've never had one before, and it honestly exceeded my expectations. No, actually, I changed my answer. <laughs> I like the apple cider the best. Oh, the apple cider is really good. And then after we were done, like, walking around the pumpkin patch they had like hay too and we climbed the hay and we took a tractor ride but after we were done Micah just wanted to sit in the grass or like lie down in the grass so that was relaxing too anyway um and then after that we decided to go to Costco to get a pizza for dinner but while we were there when we were walking back to my car, there was a black crow standing on my car eating a berry. And I think that I got distracted by the crow, and that's how I stepped in poop. <laughs> <laughs> so I had poop on my shoe. It was disgusting. The air poops. <laughs> yeah, that was gross. Anyway, so that's what we did today. Um, we're living about 40 minutes apart in Washington. Maybe like 50 with traffic and like 28 with no traffic. But it's only been less than a week so far, but it's really good. Yeah, I feel kind of bad because... Oh, my mic's not picking up anyway. Yeah. But I feel kind of bad because you've been doing most of the commuting so far. Like, I haven't really driven to you at all. Yeah. You've been just coming over to my place every time. But... But I'll, I'll start coming here. For okay. That, I, well, I'm starting a new job on Monday, so I'm going to be a two-job woman again. And I'm going to have less time, so you'll probably have to come to me more often. But yeah, I'm really excited because there's so many things to do. And it's honestly like a super weird situation to be in the same state, but living so far apart. Because I don't think we've ever lived this... Because I don't think we've ever lived this far apart in our lives. Except for when we live like 4,000 miles away from each other. But it's like an interesting situation. But still exciting because there's so many things to do here in the city. Okay, anyway. Sorry for the brief pause. We had to be real. Okay, yeah, be real. Okay, we've already talked about this topic a little bit throughout all of the episodes, but before we fully transition into off-season podcast episodes, I want to talk about what it's like for you during the season, playing so many games, and basically doing the same thing over and over every single day, every single week. Mm-hmm. This year in minor league baseball, we played six-game series every week. So you just play the same team every single day for six days in a row. So we had Mondays off, so we would play Tuesday. Tuesday through Saturday would be a night game, and then Sunday was was a day game. Um, But yeah, probably like three or four months into this season, like every day just started to feel the exact same. Yeah, and especially because you... Like, start to play the same teams over and over again. It becomes, like, deja vu. 
even yeah. like when I was going to the games, I didn't go to a bunch of games, but when I would come back, even like the following year and then stay for a week, I'm like, it feels exact same. It's just a weird situation. Well, and then in the last like two months of the season, we had a lot of road trips. Yeah. So like we would be at home for a week and then on the road for a week and then home for a week and then on the road for a week, just like alternating every week. And then it got to the point where I would wake up in the morning and, like, have no clue where I am. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm in Clearwater yeah. or, like, Daytona or Lakeland or, like, whatever. Plus, you're, like, changing locations all the time. Like, you started in the holiday, right? Yeah. And then you stayed with me in an Airbnb. Then you moved into the Fairfield. No, no, no. And then, okay, can, you can tell it. I don't know. We started at the holiday for spring training. Okay. And then... When I joined the Threshers after spring training, then we were in the La Quinta. Oh, with, right. I was with Marcus in the La Quinta. Mm-hmm. And then Marcus didn't like our room for some reason. I can't remember why. Oh, probably because the beds were uncomfortable or something. Yeah. Didn't you break your so bed? So we moved to a different room. That was that, Okay, I broke a bed in the, the holiday. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, I just sat on it and it collapsed. But <laughs> that's totally relevant. <laughs> okay, so then... Me and Marcus <laughs> got a new room at the La Quinta, right? Yeah. So can you count these rooms? Okay. So holiday, La Quinta, La Quinta, La Quinta. Okay. And then me and Marcus moved from the La Quinta to the Fairfield. So that's a four, room number four. Yeah. But then our AC started leaking on the ground. Yeah. So then the hotel people, instead of just cleaning the carpet, mm-hmm. they were like, you know what? We're going to move you to a new room. So that's room number five. We moved it directly across the hall. Yeah. And then... You got your own We got room. our own rooms. Yeah. So I had to move rooms again. Yeah. But then I had two Airbnbs with you also. Yeah. Three, actually. Three separate times. Three separate stays. Two the first trip, and then the same one for the oh, second trip. Oh, that's right. We had two the first time. So that's... That's like nine different places this Not, year. Well, and road trips, too. Yeah, road trips. So that's, like... Road trips in total is probably, like, five more rooms at least. That's crazy. It's, like, 15 different places that you've stayed over the course of the season. Yeah. And even the off-season, too, because I went home for a couple weeks. Okay. And then now I'm back in Seattle. At my place. At your place, at my place. At the Airbnb. Yeah. And you're going to be moving throughout the off-season, too. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. But it's, like, if you look at it, like, it's a fun opportunity like no one else gets to do this you know <laughs> yeah kind of but it was that wasn't what i was getting at what i was getting at is like how repetitive your life is every single day and like it kind of becomes a grind you know so like how do you stay motivated when you basically do the same thing every single day how do i stay motivated yeah cuz like you wake up and you like nothing about your day changes at all because i want to do good like perform well. Yeah, I want to perform well. But like even in the end of the season where you would only get like maybe two chances a week to perform well. Like that's got to be hard to still be a good teammate even when you're not playing. Yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> okay. I'm the best teammate there is. Can you explain that? Because like so something kind of unfortunate happened to me this year. So like at the beginning of the season, I wasn't really playing much, maybe twice a week. But then, some guys got sent down, some injuries here and there, 
like whatever opened up a spot at first base for me so like I became I became the everyday first baseman but then after the new draft guys came in then unfortunately for me like my numbers were just like okay but not like crazy yeah so then the front office was like you know what we want the new draft guys to play every day mm-hmm. and just unfortunately for me like first base is one of those spots that you can just kind of throw somebody over there yeah so i think like towards the end of the season i felt like more motivated to like show up and be a good guy every day because like i just had my job taken away from me yeah and like the one thing you could control still is like the intangibles yeah just control what you can control yeah and all i can control is showing up to the ballpark and doing my work and being a good guy yeah which is really good because i feel like there definitely are those teammates that are like I'm not playing today, like, and I have to do this stuff every single week. Like, no, there's some sucks. people that, like, if they don't play every day, yeah, then, like, they dread going to the field. Yeah. And then when they get there, like, they just won't do anything. Exactly. They're, like, they'll see the lineup posted, and they're, like, oh, I'm not playing today. I'm just going to sit in my locker. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I saw my name not in the lineup, like, I would still do all the work that I would normally do. Yeah. Like, I would go hit or great ground balls or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, take the game as a learning opportunity to, like, pick everyone's yeah, brain. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, the days I didn't play, like, I would sit at the end of the bench by the coaches and just, like, listen to the conversations they have throughout the whole game. Yeah. And then sometimes they'll say something and, like, I'll find the right time to, like, pull them aside and ask them, like, oh, why did you say this or why did you do that? Yeah. But because it's, like, a game and, like, it always goes a different way, does that make it exciting for everyone, even though you're doing the same thing over and over again? Like, once you start the game, is it exciting or is it kind of like, eh, this is like, we did this a hundred times already this season? Uh, For me, like, I just have so much fun playing baseball Mm. that, like, it never gets boring. Like, every time you go up to bat, it always has that same pressure feeling. No. Like, you get comfortable. So, like, it's kind of weird because, so I played, like, 50 games in a row or so. Or, like, not in a row. I had a day off here and there, but, like, consistently, you know? Mm-hmm. And throughout that whole time, I'd say maybe the first 10 games were, like, really struggling to, like, find my way. And then I had, like, 10 games where I kind of started to figure myself out. And then, like, the 10 games in the middle, like, I'll get nervous for every single game. It That's was so, so weird. weird. It was the weirdest thing. You do better when you're nervous, though, right? Yes. Under pressure. That's when I started playing good. I think I got nervous because I didn't want to, like, ruin that I was playing good, you know? Mm, Like, you want to keep the streak going? Yeah, but then, like, the last 20, I got over those nerves and then, like, kept playing good. Yeah, and then you knew that it wasn't just, like, a peak moment for you. Like, that's just how you are as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, that's super important because when you were playing inconsistently, you kept saying how hard it is to produce when you're not playing consistent games every week but then even in the end once you were confident in yourself even though you were only playing like two games a week you would still produce mm-hmm. for those two weeks that you would show up yeah and play a game so i think that confidence totally helped you this season and that's going to be a super big springboard for you next season well that's the thing like when i wasn't going good but i kind of started to heat up i had i played like 10 games in a row at one point and like i didn't know why Oh, like you didn't know. Like I would show up, see my name in the lineup for the tenth game in a row, and I was like, "Again." That's like, when I was visiting not, not you. Not in a I bad think. way, but yeah. 
but I was like literally shocked that I was playing again. Yeah, like I'm not a starter. Like why yeah, am I? That's was, like imposter syndrome. It was so weird. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that. I actually had like an existential crisis of like imposter syndrome when I first got here, like thinking like oh I only did three years of undergrad like. It was COVID while I was doing school, so like my organic chemistry grades were definitely inflated. Like, there's no way I could have actually done that well yeah. in biochem or microbio if it wasn't COVID. And like, oh, I probably only got in because I had a super good interview. And like, I don't actually deserve to be at UW, like in the pharmacy school. Like, I think everyone goes through that in their own respect. Yeah, but it's but like then... a really weird thing to like allow yourself to be successful. Well, that's why. Like, I had a turning point. Where after that 10th game, then, like, it was only a couple of us in the locker room, like, late after a game. And then our manager came in, and he was, we were talking about hitting, the three of us. And then our manager came in, he heard us talking about hitting. And he was like, well, you guys just shut up already. Hitting's easy. All you gotta do is get in the box just like this. Grip the bat. Start dancing with the pitcher. Get some rhythm. Get some rhythm. Now you're ready. Pitcher comes set, I come set. I'm still dancing with the pitcher. All I do is see the ball and hit the ball. That's it. And then he started, like, kind of picking on us. And he got to me and he goes, And you, why do you think you're playing every day now? I was like, Honestly, Mario, I have, I have no idea. And then he said, uh, Because you finally figured out how to play first base. So that was, like, the turning point for me. Because after he said that, then, like, I felt free and easy to, like, just go out and play. Because I feel like, I earned it, you know? Yeah, like, he trusts you, yeah. and, like, you deserve to be there. That's, like, also huge from a coaching standpoint and, like, a mentor standpoint to realize how much your words affect your players. Like, that one sentence to you gave you all the confidence in the world. Yeah, that, was really the, and he that literally does, turned my whole year around. He probably doesn't even know it. Yeah. So, like, it could work both ways, though. Like, you don't even realize how much, especially when you're at a young, impressionable age, your words impact players. Yeah. It's so, like that's huge for building culture too. But anyway, so like I also before we move on want to touch upon how you say that like everything throughout your day is dedicated towards baseball and like yeah. It's like so a like, subconscious decision almost. Well, everything in baseball is like performance based. Like you could be the greatest teammate or the hardest worker, but at the end of the day if you don't perform, like you're not going to play. So, like, this, I keep using the word performance, but, like, everything throughout your day is, like, dedicated towards your performance. Like, it all matters so that you can go out at 6.30 every night and play the best game of your life. Whether that's, like, sleeping 10 hours or, like, eating the right things, hydrating, like, taking your supplements, like, doing a proper, like, warm-up before you go out to practice doing your recovery boots yeah recovery spending your stuff. off days doing active recovery listening to music to put you in the right mindset yeah that's actually we had a men well we didn't have a mental skills meeting about music but then they like mentioned it in one of the meetings so then i kind of started asking our coach about it but like i guess there's mental performance studies that show that certain music can like change your your mood so you can use that to your advantage where like if you're let's say you're feeling nervous before a game then you might want to listen to something like calming and slower tempo mm -hmm. but then if you're like feeling tired that day or whatever then you can listen to like really upbeat stuff or like 
rap something fast so that it like can wake you up and get you going which i thought was really interesting yeah music definitely is powerful i remember like dr ann told us this once that oh like, yes i remember when what was what did she say she said whenever she gets stressed yeah like if her kids are like stressing her out or like she has all these things to do then all she all she you have to do is sing yeah and she just sings or like hum or something yeah and I do it every time I get stressed. Really? And it totally works. Yeah, because like, okay, so I was, I didn't, I don't know if I told you about my drug test mishap, but I drove all the way to Kirkland for a drug test that I was supposed to get. And then when I drove there, it like took me 10 extra minutes to find the place and then to park and to walk in and like find it in the building. So I was like late for the appointment. And then by the time I checked in, she took a look at my papers and she was like, oh, we don't do employment drug screenings here. Like, we just do blood work. And I was like, but the website let me book an appointment here. Like, I have an appointment. And, like, at that point, I was like, I know that there's nothing she can do because she can't, like, change the regimen of what they offer there. So I had to drive an extra 40 minutes down into Bellevue and, like, get another drug test and walk in. Anyway, like, the whole point of this was, like, I was just having the worst day ever after she turned me away. But I remember what you said about that singing thing. So, like, on my drive back down, I forced myself to listen to worship music and sing. And, like, I forced myself to smile while doing it. Okay, I was going to just say that after you told the story. Yeah. But, like, some people think that, like, smiling will, like, make you feel better. It definitely helps, though. I don't think... Well, for me, it doesn't. Yeah. But for... It definitely... there's, There's definitely studies that say, yeah, but then... I, I just feel fake doing it. Yeah. Well, rather, but if I sing, though, I feel, like, free. Yeah. I don't know. After a while, doing those two things helped me, like, change my mood, though. But, yeah, it's just, it's definitely a choice. And it's not easy to, like, always make the right choice, but it is a choice. But anyway, so, like, what I was curious about is that, like, while you're staying, while you're dedicating your entire life to baseball for the duration of the whole season... How do you not get burnt out or, like, ridiculously exhausted of doing that? Because even in the off-season, you're doing the same thing. So, like, it's all about balance, right? I mean, I guess. I don't know about balance because, like, I don't want to say for the love of the game because that's, like, really cliche. But, like, <laughs> I really do love playing baseball. And, like, there's, I'd rather, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing right now. Yeah. So, like, I might as well dedicate every time all the time I have and like every resource I have towards it that's good because like well I was also reading this book it's called the success journey and it talks about like how it's a success journey and it's not necessarily about like just your successes and if you keep like chasing this one thing like oh I'll be happy once I get to the weekend or like I can't wait for summer break or I can't wait to graduate or to get married or to have kids or to make it to the show you know like all those things like can't wait to retire like if you're constantly chasing that one thing you're never going to be happy because there's no end destination so like I used to think that you must be so exhausted because you're like doing all of this with the end goal of like making it to the show you know and that is like the end goal in perspective but you must find a way to like enjoy every part of your day even though it's the same thing okay this could just be a yes or no question but do you have any outlets other than baseball oh during the season yeah netflix 
Okay, so like just allowing yourself to relax. Well, like I'd say the first half of the of the season, I would definitely try and get out of the hotel room on my off days, mm-hmm. because well, that was when I had. I'd say every time that me and Marcus were roommates, I would try and get out on the off day, just so that we're not like spending like forty eight hours in a row, yeah. literally right next to each other, you mm-hmm. know. But then once I got my own room, then I'll literally just like go back to the hotel room and watch Netflix for the rest of the night. Mm, just like be by yourself. Or like just all my free time, yeah. Zone out your I mind. think that's what it is. Because you spend, you literally spend like 12 hours or more a day with your teammates and your coaches and like you see the same people for 12 hours a day, like six days a week. So I think my alone time is probably what kept me pretty like sane. Mm, you value that. Yeah. Because if, if I had to literally spend 24-7 with somebody then like I might lose it that's so true that that is good though that you know that about yourself and that you're able to do something about it yeah but you've gotten a lot better because you used to be like a major lone wolf type of person Wolfie. yeah come on <laughs> but now you're like you're pretty open to meeting new people and like I like seeing you as, like, a sociable person. It's like you unlocked a different side of yourself, which comes with maturity, too. But, like, yeah, it's cool. Do you ever have, like, those realizations, like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that this is my life. Because, like, I'm just going to go first. In my life, sometimes I'll just be, like, walking around campus. And, like, even at UH, I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm a college student. Like, this is pretty cool. Like, you think that's cool? Like, sometimes I'll walk around UW and be like, I can't believe I'm here, like, driving down the I-5. I'm okay, like, UW's tight, actually. Yeah. I'm like, look at the Space Needle. Like, how am I actually living my life here? Like, I can basically do anything I want. And then, like, if I'm having those feelings, like, you must feel that immensely. I've had a few moments like that just this week alone. Like, because it's my first week at Driveline. And then, so, like, today... I was using like this long heavy metal bat and then they were like try it as hard as you can so I got like 101 miles per hour or something and then at the end of it they're like dude like that was sick like there's not a lot of guys that are like consistently hitting 101 and I was like dang I guess I'm pretty cool you know yeah like like I'm like that this is me it's cool to see yourself develop too no it's cool that people are like oh he's like the unicorn you know yeah like he can do this but nobody else can Mm. and that kind of like blows my mind because you always like you always look up to those people like that like whenever we watch baseball we're like oh my gosh did you see him just do that like that's crazy how is he so strong yeah how are all these guys so good the the coaches were like no that's you you're him yeah so like that's really cool yeah that's my moment yeah oh yeah like during the season for sure now i have this moment Every time I hit a home run, and then, like, people start cheering. Mm-hmm. Like, every single time I'm rounding those bases after hitting a home run, it's like, dang, I cannot believe, like, these people are cheering for me. Yeah, that's actually like, crazy. Like, these people paid tickets to come watch us play, and they're cheering for me hitting <laughs> a home run. Like, yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. Or even, like, your life now. Like, I always tease you because it's just, like, a little joke that, I have two jobs and like you'll never work a nine-to-five job or a job where you have to clock in and clock out and stuff and like it's your off season now and you'll literally go in and hit and lift for like three hours just because you like signed up to do it 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just well, a... I could do nothing if I wanted to. Exactly. It's like a crazy lifestyle. And, like, here I am going to, like, eight hours of class that I have to attend and, like, studying yeah. after. So, like, just the contrast of those two lifestyles makes your work seem cool, you know? But, anyway, I just thought that you might feel a certain way about all of that. Not for sure. There's definitely moments that it's, like, super cool. Yeah. Okay, before we end the episode... Maybe I want you to talk about, like, what you plan on doing with your off-season here. Actually, hold on, hold that thought. I actually think it's really cool that you're here because, like, leading up to you coming, I re-listened to all of our podcast episodes, Uh and then I listened to a couple that were earlier this year, or even, like, almost a year ago, and it's funny because we thought of Driveline as such a novelty, and, like, when we were talking about it on the earlier episodes... I knew that we were just saying that you're coming to driveline, but I didn't really like believe it in my head that you're going to be so, here. Yeah, I knew the whole time I would end up here eventually. Really? Mm-hmm. I just kind of like, because you're like, oh, this is around the time where you're actually at driveline with the Phillies. And you're like, yeah, I'm definitely coming here in the off season. Like, I'm going to spend my off season at driveline. And I would tell people like, yeah, Mecca's planning on spending his off season in Seattle too. But I didn't really believe it myself because i was like there's no way you're actually gonna pull it off like how are you gonna do that you're like i'm gonna ship my car like i'm gonna drive across the country to washington and like we were talking about this on the podcast but i never actually thought it was a tangible attainable reality but it's actually crazy now that you're here because you actually did it yeah after saying that you would oh all it takes is the willingness to waste a lot of money (laughs) yeah well it's an investment right like yeah the roi on a big league career is like unmatched to what i'm paying now (laughs) yeah so dude the roi on a big league salary based on my investment is gonna be like a million billion percent (laughs) yeah that's probably the exact math but yeah that's right though i think it's totally worth it you it's all or nothing like you got to go all in on this oh 100% that's yeah. the thing that's my thought process exactly like so like going back to like the end of the season then they kind of like pulled my starting job away from me yeah like when that happened I knew 100,000% that I was going to be at driveline this offseason yeah because the last thing I want in my career is for it to get taken away from me without like exhausting every available resource yeah and it's not like you're lucky enough that you don't have to like work overtime every single week to be here like you're lucky enough that you can do this it is a little bit of a stretch but you have the means to do it and like in the future you're gonna you don't want to be like oh i'm so glad i saved that five grand yeah so that I I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Well, I like have five grand more. Yeah, and like now I'm not in the big leagues. Yeah, like, but you don't want to say, oh, I wish I went to driveline. Like, what if I went to driveline? Yeah, like what if I just bit the bullet and like stretch myself a little bit to be there? Yeah. So, I think it's totally worth it. Plus, I think you're gonna come back extra strong next season. I'm confident. Yeah. Though, because I, I have so much faith in these guys. Like, yeah. Like, Shohei Otani trains here, mm-hmm. and he hit 40 home runs the last two years. He won an MVP last yeah. year. We were actually talking, this kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier today, when we were like, there's a lot of people in life 
that when they see someone who's super successful or super rich, they're like, oh, must be nice to be rich. Or like, must be yeah. nice to have rich parents. Or must be nice to be 6'4". Must be nice to must live in nice, Japan and train nice all day. Must be nice to be as good as Shohei Otani. Yeah, like, if that's world. your attitude, then you're never going to be as good as him. Yeah, but why don't I figure out what he does, where he trains at, yeah. so that I can be as good as him. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I just don't get that mentality where you're like, oh, if only I could be in those si- in his situation, then yeah. it would be so easy for me. Like, no, like, why don't you just learn everything that you can from him to, like, be even better than him? 100%. Yeah. But anyway, learn from the best. Get your money up, not your funny up. Anyway, shout out to Driveline and Jason Ochart, Max Dudo, Max Garrett, all you, all you guys over there. I love you boys. Let's get the shit. I can't swear. Oh, I want to tell this cool story about Kobe Bryant. Okay. We watched the mental skills video. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do a, um, let's do a transition so it goes smoothly. Okay. Oh, I see what you did. Like a break? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to tell a little story about Kobe Bryant because we watched the a video in, men- in a mental skills meeting of Kobe Bryant. At, like in some interview after he retired and uh he said he really like looked up to magic johnson as a basketball player and like everybody said kobe was like didn't have the hand size as most guys or didn't have like the wingspan maybe he's not as tall as other guys he doesn't jump as high as run as fast or whatever but anyway but he's like I don't know how good I can be, but I'm going to find out. That's kind of how, how I feel. Like, the Phillies have the... They, they handed out a Protect the Standard document this year, which is like a organizational mission, basically. And one of the lines in there was like, you never truly know what someone is, someone is capable of. So we don't, we don't value projectability. We value development. And I was like, yo, that's actually crazy. That is. And, like, yes, there are those special first-rounder guys who, yeah. like, are huge prospects. And but there they are were the best guys, on their team since yeah. they were in Shetland. But there are guys who, like, can work hard enough and, like... Do all the right things. Yeah, and utilize every resource to become, like, a Hall of Famer. Exactly. So I'm really hoping that this off-season experience at driveline is like the turning point for me where where i really just like take off yeah i like how you never let that stop you though like you definitely acknowledge the fast sorry you definitely acknowledge the fact that you're not like one of those guys that's gonna go one and one and like run a six five sixty and like have the highest bat speed like being the 90th percentile for all your tools but like your goal is never like, oh, I hope I make it to the big leagues at least one game. Like, that would be right. awesome. Like, I just want to play one game in the big leagues. You're like, you know what I, I want to be an all-star. Like, I want to be a whole big No, you know what I'm actually after? Yeah. Is, like, to see how good I can get. Yeah. Just, like, for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how good can I actually get at baseball? Mm-hmm. And, like, why not? Because yeah. that'd be cool to see how. Like, what is my max? Yeah. like It's probably limitless. Yeah. You'll never know unless you try. Yeah. And you probably just keep getting better and better. Yeah. 
That was inspirational as fuck. <laughs> okay. I want to end with, like, a relational thing. Of course. But, like, anyway. So, like, I know that people definitely get, like, my family included, get annoyed with how much I talk about you and, like, brag <laughs> about you. And I definitely have to remember to stay humble because it's, like, us, you know? Like, I'm not talking about someone else. Like, it definitely comes off as, like, a certain way when I'm talking about you. But, like, I'm just so like happy for you and I I take your successes and your failures to heart and like I feel everything that you feel so like when you do well I feel like just so excited about it you know so I can't help myself but talk about it and then like it made me think about how we have that understood value that we don't speak bad about each other mm-hmm. you know I feel like that's so important though like I definitely take it to the opposite extreme Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm a firm believer that it's important that we speak highly of each other. Would you agree? Like, you're definitely not that type of person that's like, oh, my girlfriend's just getting on my nerves. Like, she's not so moody. Never. Like, my girlfriend's getting so annoying. Like, you you aren't that person. And, like, I respect that. And I respect that you respect me in that way. So, like... Well, you don't do anything annoying, so... I know, but, like, okay, let's say I did. Like, you still wouldn't say anything to someone else about it. Yeah. Like, that's something that we have always done, that, like, our relationship is our own. Uh And that, like, we value that and have that respect for our relationship. So, like, you know how a lot of, especially girls and, like, younger girls will be, like, showing their friends the text message and be like, oh, what should I do? What should I say? Mm -hmm. Like, I totally don't believe in that. Like, no, I love that. Right? Yeah. Like, I think that that's your private information. Like, this is our relationship between us. Yeah. And then once I go out and ask other people about it or, like, tell other people about it, that's, like, a breach of your trust. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. But, like, not to say that I have to, like, bottle it all up. Like, I think if there's an issue, then I'll just bring it up to you. Yeah, but then and then that's where, like, that's why, that's where you have to be willing to work on your relationship with each together. other yeah. yeah because like but like if, that if you can never work on it with each other then it's like it's never gonna f- flourish yeah and then that's why people like go to other people outside of their relationships to talk about it yeah so i think that's where it comes in first and foremost is like if you both really want it badly enough then like you'll work on it together you're not just gonna like quit and f- dump the other person yeah that's so true i just like can't stand that though when people are like oh this is what my partner did like this is what my husband did this is what my boyfriend did like this is the text message that he's sending me like that's private like that's between the two of us yeah like you shouldn't be doing that with someone else especially if that someone is of the opposite gender i think that's a huge breach of trust yeah so if i told my friends like uh let's say Nikki cooked me like a really good chili then that's like I can't tell him that you're so dumb <laughs> like is that honestly well like is that off limits no but then that's like talking about no like, I'm talking you, about like when people are like oh so what if I'm like oh Nikki did me a really nice service no she, no I'm talking about like she when she did the dishes and cooked me a meal no I'm saying like oh Micah like he always does 
it has to be something bad yeah i think so, okay, so and I like say, it's like what should i do what, like, I say, oh, what do you think i should do you know when people always say that nikki uh assaulted me <laughs> shut up i'm not putting this in. <laughs> you can brag about me though to your friends i do Everybody knows you the best. No, I think it's so interesting because, like, there's... Especially when you first got here, I definitely noticed this. But, like, when it's my on-season, which is school, uh-huh. and it's your off-season, like, there's so much less for us to talk about. Because <laughs> it's not like you're going to be, oh... It's not like you're going to say, like, oh, what'd you learn in med chem today? You know? Yeah. But, like, when it's your on-season, we have so much to discuss, like... I'm watching the game, so we're, like, discussing what happened during the games and all of that. Yeah. But, like, when it's my turn to have all of the things going on, like, I don't want to talk about work when I get home. And, like, I don't want to talk about what I learned in school when I get home. It's, like, it's well, just funny. like Because everyone wants to know about what you're doing all the time. Like, so many people know me as Micah's girlfriend, which I'm okay with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm strong enough to know that I'm cool. But, like... Everyone is always like, the first thing they say when they see me is like, oh, how's Micah doing? Like, oh, where's he at now? Like, what's what's he doing, you know? Yeah. And your life is just so cool. And then, like, no one's going to be like, oh, hey, like, how's Nikki's school going? Like, I don't know. It's a weird situation. Or, like, when I meet people you. People have definitely asked me that. Really? Because, like, when I met all the people in pharmacy school for the first time, then they're, like, so curious. Like, what do you mean, like? So is your boyfriend a professional player? And then I like, I explained the whole thing to them, right? Like the system, like the levels, uh-huh. the single A, triple A, all of that. And they're like so into it, you know? And then they keep asking about it. But like no one's going to be like, oh, what's your girlfriend's major? Like that's it, you know? So I should start, what classes are you taking? I'll, I'll start reading some textbooks. No. <laughs> That's what I'm I'll saying. Ask like, you about something. It, it must be a normal thing that like other people go through where they have to just find something else to talk about. <laughs> 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 like, what are you supposed to share? Like, oh, it's school. Well, the other thing that's good about our relationship is that like sometimes I'll be talking to you, just like word vomiting, like swing thoughts or something from the day. Yeah. And, like, you probably have no idea about half the stuff I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But, like, you just sit there and listen. Mm. And then, like, you ask questions, even though you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm pretty knowledgeable. <laughs> no, I know, but, like... <laughs> yeah, The yeah. fact that we can literally have a conversation about something... Like, you, the most abstract things. Yeah, that something that you, like... Is not relevant to me at yeah, all. Yeah, not at all. Mm-hmm. But we can still, like, talk about it. Yeah, that's so true. That's that what makes us good. That's important. Like, you're not always going to have every single thing in common... But if you can, like, respect what each other does, then yeah. that's important. I don't know anything about doing pharmacy stuff, but, like... You still... <laughs> it's so funny when I tell you about my school stuff, because you're, like... You try to be so nice about it, and you're, like, oh, wow, like, that's good. <laughs> and I know you don't know anything about it, but you still try to make me feel good about it anyway. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> but everybody, Nikki got, like, a really good internship at the UW Med Center, so... Can we please get 10,000 likes and 20,000 follows on this channel, please? (laughs) (laughs) As a reward for Nikki. Oh my gosh. And then maybe we'll get a new sponsor. So we don't have to keep running the same ad over and over again. (laughs) But 
Anyway, yeah, that's my spiel. Oh, we said this on our last episode, but we celebrated our seventh year anniversary over our podcast break. Okay. Something that's funny is that my mom said that she's probably going to find out about our engagement on the podcast. She said that it's going to be like, hey guys, welcome back to the Cashing Feelings podcast. So we're engaged. No, you know what happened <laughs> when I left home? Yeah. Just now? Mm-hmm. Um, Papa told me like, no, Nana told me like, oh, you get to see Nikki soon. Like, uh, this is good, you know, like, because you guys will stay together for a long time. So, like, you can really get a feel for the other person, yeah? Like, hopefully you don't want to break up with her <laughs> at the end of it. So, get tired of her or something. Like, uh, I've my... been dating this guy since he was 12 oh, yeah. years old. And then my dad was like, actually, I think it'll be the opposite. Like, he might come back and surprise you with, oh, Nana, we got married. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone thinks for some reason that we're not going to tell them. Yeah. I don't know why. Do we have that vibe about us so. that we're secretive? Must be. I mean, I guess we kind of started the podcast behind everyone's back. And, like, <laughs> yeah, we kind of planned everything. But we don't, like, like, reveal stuff on the podcast. Yeah. But, like, we kind of, like, okay, even the trips that I went on this summer to visit you i don't yeah. think anyone knew about it until like the day before i was leaving anyway i just have i guess i have bad communication yeah no you actually don't you're probably the best communicator i know oh it's like staying in touch oh with people do you it actually takes effort to like upkeep a relationship with people yeah for real yeah it's important though people that you don't see every day mm-hmm. yeah have you ever heard of the clifton strengths no it's like this thing that a lot of schools and companies use for their employees to find their strengths and then mine were two of them were executing and then three of them were relationship building and i was like that's totally me i love building relationships what was the person executing like putting things into motion i love to build relationships like fine that's crazy i should take that test yeah you should i think it costs money but the school paid for it Yours would definitely not be relationship building. No, mine would be like logical. Strategic thinking is one of them. Yeah, it's gotta be me. No, you're not that like analytical though, or are you? Logical. I think it's the best way to describe me. Logical. I operate based on logic. You're and probably gonna be. You'd probably be responsibility. Thanks for tuning into this week's. No, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Catch Your Feelings podcast. Bye. If you want more, you can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to leave us a rating. Right? Yeah. But anyway. We'll be back.
for the off season with more episodes. We also had our podcast anniversary. Yeah. Okay. That's all for today. All right. Signing off.